everybody. Welcome to the Patty G Show. I am your host, not for tonight, but generally I am the host of the Patty G Show. My name is Patrick Grimion. Some people like to refer to me as the Patty G. Um, we are recording episode 100. It's hard to believe we're here after two and a half years of recording shows, 106 guests, countless hours. I think we're at like 100 and something hours worth of content just all over the internet. I'm very excited to record tonight. It's different than our normal show. It is not a guest. It is actually me. I've got a host or co-host, Cody Dedon, who is the producer of the show normally with Flashbang Productions. They do a great job. They've been with us since 2021. If you need them, check them out. But we are here at our lovely food sponsor, Government Taco, right here on Government Street Quarter. So cool. Jefferson and Government. Dude, why not be here? I've literally never been here, and it was like I walked in, and it's just incredible. It's just government conspiracies all it's over like the place. It's like Banksy made a taco store. <laughs> yes. I love it. And our second sponsor making this possible is Falaya Real Estate. Just met and chatted with Barrett a little while ago. He's in here talking and chatting. So it's going to be a fun night. I'm excited for those that came out. For those that did not, you'll have to make the next one. Maybe we'll have to wait till like a thousand or something. Who knows? But so with Cody being the co-host, I'm going to turn it over to him. I hope he's got some questions prepped. Otherwise, I'll be sitting here doing a lot more talking than I normally do so throughout the shows. Tonight, it is the Cody D show. Cody, yeah. Uh, I love the play. It had to I be done. I love the play. It had to be done. It's nice. Um, so tonight, uh, on this, the 100th episode of the Patty G show with Patty G right here next to me. Um, we're going to get into quite a lot of things. Um, obviously, uh, his, his seedy background is criminal enterprises, um, <laughs> where he would hide a body, things like that. I think that was what we were talking about before yeah, the show. Yeah, some of that stuff I can't disclose. Uh, that's fair. Then we'll just stick to the show. Yeah, I think that, that's, let's, let's stick to the that's show. That's fine. Stick to the show. It's a good um, idea. So, so I think, honestly, the first question that I would have for you is, before we jump into like entrepreneurial Patrick, so like I remember Patrick, like I I'm, I'm just gonna get Josiah when he edits this to put a picture of you that I'm thinking of over the screen. I well, remember I you like a little green screen when preference. you were like 14 <laughs> years old and had the most homeschooled Justin Bieber haircut yes. I have ever seen. Yes. It, it was iconic. Yes, in the worst way. It, it was it was the it was the swooping bangs and like the hair was so long. When if I would wear a hat and like go drive with the windows down, I would then have like a fluff it, on it, the backside. It, of the it hat. was like it was like a fancy bowl cut. It, <laughs> You know, my mom cut my hair all up until like I moved out. It and it was great. Right. It wasn't a bowl. She right. would style it. Okay. And she did a very, very good job of right. cutting my hair. What would you call that style with that? Um, the Patrice style. I love it. I but love I loved it because it, it worked it. well. It worked it. well. You know, all, all of the boys, if you lined all so I have two I have two <laughs> brothers. If you lined all three of us up, we all had the same hairstyle and it was beautiful. It was perfect. So it was. You can't but yes, beat that. I, you really I lived, can't beat that. I lived that. through the the high school Bieber experience. You did. So so Patrick and I go way back. Um, so I mean, way I've, back. I've like known you for eleven. Junior year of, of high school. Yeah, I mean, ten or eleven years, probably almost. Maybe maybe, maybe a little it, over a decade. A little yeah. over a decade. Um, so we we competed in competitive speech and debate, uh, which is what homeschool nerds do. Another very homeschool um, but thing. it prepared us for the world, which is why we're still doing this for a living. Look, um, I tell like we're people, both in entertainment now, so I tell people all the time who ask me what I did in high school and if I liked being homeschooled. I'm like, absolutely, I love being homeschooled. It was great. It was a great experience. Doing speech and debate in high school was probably the best thing right. that ever happened. I mean, to me. the teachers were. I mean, <laughs> the teachers were all right. They were all right. <laughs> My mom just gave me two thumbs up. Perfect. Um, so, so, anyways, with all that aside, so before we jump into like Patrick the entrepreneur. 
Um, I, I want to hear kind of like the origin story, right? Just, just who is Patrick? Like business stuff aside, just who is Patrick? Because I think that's something that's not covered on the show very much. You know, like right. was it this kind of like Wolverine thing where like your bones were infused with like adamantium and that gave you your phenomenal like podcasting <laughs> skills or was it just gifted to you? Like how, how, how did, like where did Patrick come from? Tell me, tell me about Patrick's origin just as a human being. So I came from my parents. Oh, you know, and that's born, born and raised right here in Baton Rouge, I Louisiana. I didn't expect that. I know. Look, I know. I know you expected me to come in like Superman on the shuttle, I land, in the, land on the planes. But no, born and raised in Baton Rouge. We used to live right around where Government Taco is off of Lobdell. And we lived there for, I don't know, in my life up until maybe middle school or something like that. And we were, we were raised to always, you know, not have a lot of idle time, right? Right. Like keep busy, whether you're doing something like for pleasure or for work, your just mother stay seems busy like and someone do who something well. would have you doing things. Well, no, it was more of like my dad every oh, weekend was okay. like, hey, come outside. Right. We're going to build something. You know, we're going to, it doesn't like, we could have built like a box and right. he probably went and took it out back and destroyed right. it. And the next week we got to rebuild the same box, just but we were just always busy or something. Yeah. We, yeah <laughs> well, rope was a common gift, right? So we would get pieces of rope and we, you know, like that was our toy. Just something to always stay busy and just to not, not Incredible. sit there. The word boredom never occurred in my right. household. Like r- growing up as a kid, we were always outside doing something, hunting and fishing. Like that was, I love it. that was us as kids. Like we would go, we had a camp in Morgan city that we would go spend just days at a time out at this camp. That was a 45 minute boat ride to get there. So it's a three hour drive and a 45 minute boat ride with no cell service. You had to climb up a 20 foot tower to just to make a phone call with like a satellite phone. Bro, that's Louisiana right there. And they, like, a good childhood memory I had was just how busy we would stay. They were renovating our generator shed, and they were doing a whole lot of mechanical work that me and my two brothers did not have a lot of experience in. And we cleared probably an acre field of cane just in the swamp. And then we were, like, started building stuff with the cane. Like your hands and your teeth. No, with (laughs) other pieces of cane. (laughs) Like, that's what we goes better with cane than cane. Exactly. Everybody says that. Exactly. You know? So just we were always doing projects. We were always doing something to keep ourselves, you know, active and not stuck behind, you know, a, a computer screen or something, which looking back, I spend my entire life behind a computer that screen. Is, just, no matter what it happens. <laughs> like with like, work, it's just behind a screen right. or, you know, doing whatever. Right. The screen calls. And then I think what probably was like the turning point for really sparking my interest in entrepreneurship was when I turned 11, I, my brother turned 16. Hmm. So I was still 10 at this time. And I turned 11 in that following a month later. And so he got hit, he got a truck and he was like, let's start a lawn care business. And so it was me, an 11-year-old, my other brother who was 14, and my other brother who was 16 going around town cutting grass. Nice. You know, we, we, we graciously got, you know, our startup capital. So you were like that guy with a lawnmower. We were that like, guy with a lawnmower. Yeah, a, like, like, that, like not you know, a professional lawnmower, just well, like a lawnmower. See, I was think that it, kind of the vibe? I think it was like, we were like, hey, we want to do a lawn care business. And my dad was like, I need a new lawnmower. So y'all can use the lawnmower. And we can, and, and then we can start a business. business. Was born with the old, exactly. half broken lawnmower. It was like, but you got to cut my grass every week. Incredible, <laughs> dads have a way of making deals. They, they, they really do. They, they wheel and make the deal. Right. And then, so I turned. So then I turned sixteen after doing lawn care business for five years. Right. And I was like, all right, dad. Like my siblings got trucks. They all got vehicles. It's my turn now, right? And he was like, yeah. There's an old truck in the backyard. Doesn't run. You fix it. It's yours. And I'm like, okay. 
But then that like bred my love of cars was the fact I had to go out there and actually fix something and then get it running right, like before I could if drive you it. Wanted to leave the property. I, yeah, it was like, like all right. it was mandatory. I had to, I had to, to push it. I had to push right, it out right. of the spot to fix right. it. Like locked wheels, the motor wouldn't start. It wouldn't pass. It was nowhere near passing inspection. But it was like that bred the drive to okay, if I want something, I have to go after it and I attack love that. it. And that's so important because I think. You know, like, I, I feel like the, the, the things that I see often is either, like, parents just give their children everything, and then it's like, you know, you get out in the real world, and it's like, oh, the world doesn't just hand me stuff <laughs> Why doesn't the free? world just give me like, what I want for free? The world yeah. just, like, at best pays me, like, $6 an hour, right? So, 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 so it's like, you know, like, they just don't have the mentality to succeed. Or, alternatively, you know, like, like in your situation, it's like... <laughs> They teach you that work ethic, you know? Oh, yeah. And that means it's huge. It's the, huge. The, the work ethic was like, I don't know if it was bred into us as child, children, but we were definitely raised to have a strong work ethic. And if we wanted anything, we had to work at it and work at it until we accomplished it. There was no like, ah, we're tired for the day. The task is halfway over. It's like, no, finish it today. Right. Don't save it for tomorrow. I love it. That's incredible. That's incredible. So, okay. So, so, so going on from there. So, like, I, I just... I, I feel like I remember like a time where like every time I talked to you, you were like running a different business. Yes. And there I, was that time in high school I was running a different business right, like, right. A, uh, like every six months. Yeah, okay, yeah, it was like, great. It was I just wonderful. remember like I saw you and I hadn't seen you in a year. You're like, bro, I'm running like a lifestyle brand now. And I was like, first, yeah, yeah, what is yeah. a lifestyle brand? Secondly, like what is yours? And, <laughs> well, it, it, it was like something with like, like you had merch like, about like outdoors yeah. and stuff. So it was okay. So, so, so past the businesses you've already mentioned, like what was kind of your, I guess, stepping stones past, you know, the, the lawn business and all that, like what was kind of so after that? The next thing in lawn business wasn't really a business. It was more of an activity and a way to earn, to earn money was right. we, when we moved from mid city, we moved out to sunshine, Louisiana, and we met and we started meeting all the neighbors around us. Cause, cause that's where I always remember y'all living. Right. So we, right. we've lived there for, I think coming up on a decade now, maybe something like that. Okay. And okay. when we moved out there, we started meeting everybody on the, what's called, we call it the point. And there's about six different last names. And we added a seventh to the mix because it's all a big family unit, which is awesome because you have like on one acre, on one track of land, which is like 20 acres, you've got like six family members on one track. Incredible. And it's like everything's super local. Everyone is family and they all know each other. So we met a, a horse farmer down the street and he was like, you know, I need some help throwing hay. I'm like, I don't know what throwing hay is, but you know, sign me, it. sign me up. Right. Well, it turns out it's loading and unloading 60 to 80 pound bales of hay, square bales onto a trailer and off a trailer right. in the dead of summer. I mean, it was what we were already doing for fun. <laughs> it was honestly, it was no change. Yeah, Status it, it, was, it was, it was my workout schedule. Right, <laughs> right. So I started doing that. <laughs> like, and, I'm already doing this. Right, yeah. you know, and I think I started probably at the age of 15 or 16. I... I, I took the the family four wheeler from the house and drove it about three quarters of a mile down the road. And then I get a phone call from my dad saying, "Hey, um, where are you?" And I was like, "Well, I'm at the I'm down the street throwing hay." And he says, "Well, you know, you did something illegal." I said, "What?" And he said, "You drove on a on a public highway with a four wheeler at 15." I was like, "But what's your point?" You were like, "What was the illegal part?" Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, "It's five o'clock in the morning. No one's awake." But I grew up in the country. I was. <laughs> Very similar, uh, very similar so, vein. Yeah, so I, so I did that, and I would get paid, I think it was 50 cents a bale. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but we would do like four or 500 bales in a day, so it started adding up. That's and awesome. As a, as a 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old, oh. you make so much money just doing that, like you don't know what to do with it. So then I started 
and then paracord became very popular at this oh, time. Oh no! So I started making oh, paracord no. bracelets and selling paracord. Oh, bracelets. you were that. You were the paracord bracelet. I guy. was that guy. No one asked for it, but everyone got it. Everyone got. I started making <laughs> dog collars. I started selling dog collars to people. I then started making necklaces. I would do different braids. Like I just, I was again always trying to do something oh, yeah. to make a buck. I'm pretty sure I've had like five paracord bracelets and literally never worn. I can make you more. Like I've, I've got, I've got hundreds please, of feet of paracord. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> I think I have like seventy buckles left. <laughs> you can sell it to me, and then I'll sell it to you. Exactly. Yeah. And and so then I. Was, when then once I turned 16, I started working at Roberto's River Road Restaurant as a busser on the right, weekends. Right, And that's when I started making, like, so much money. I didn't know what to do with, like, nice, tips. Like, what is cash nice. tips? And I still continued the lawn care business because I was 16 now. I started borrowing my brother's truck to drive the trailer around town, started getting lawns and all that stuff. And then um, when I turned 18, I then started going to work for my dad. And I think I worked there for maybe six months to a year. Okay. And then I started working at the accounting firm. Okay. So, but within that mix, I started a seafood wholesaling company that lasted for about six months. Right. Because I made the first sale it's like and realized your side hustle. Side. Well, it was my side hustle, but I realized I could not buy a thousand pounds of shrimp as a seventeen-year-old. That does seem challenging. <clears throat> it was. It was tough. Yeah. It was tough. So then from also, there, also I feel like just the refrigeration <laughs> capabilities that you need probably vastly outweighed your mother's no. refrigerator. Was that so? You outsource that, right? Okay. You get someone to deliver it. You don't actually touch the product. Okay, interesting. So it was like drop, interesting. It was like drop shipping. You're, like, you're like, like like the middle guy that was just like I was making paying, the deals, paying and moving. Yeah, I was yeah. making the deals. I was selling to people on the the East Coast. That, right, that right, was my right, gig. Right. Taking South, selling on the East Coast. That mm-hmm. was my gig. And then from there, I started out. Uh, I was at LSU at the time. I was majoring in accounting. And I realized once I realized I couldn't make the money doing seafood because I couldn't afford to pay for it, I then swapped to a lifestyle so, brand. So, so did you want the seafood to be your career? Like at that point, were you kind of like, were you passionate about it? Or was it just like, hey, this seems like I could make money? See, that's a tough question. Right. When you a ask, little mix, does, little mix do you want this to be your career? And when you ask that to like an <laughs> to a, 18, to a 19 year old, it's a tough question to answer like, because you don't, even, career? you don't even know what a career <laughs> yeah. is, right? And so I, I, I don't think I would have answered that in a, right. an answer that would make sense. You know, I, I, would, right. I would probably say, you know, this is great for now. I would love to see it grow. But, I mean, I did buy a truck to haul seafood. So I did, I was committed. Okay. I was pretty committed. Nice. I was nice. pretty committed to it. But then once I was not able to afford the, the first round of seafood, then I swapped to a lifestyle brand. Wait, wait. <laughs> it was the very first one. Wait, yeah, so, you, very first so you bought sale. a truck and in the very first one you were like, oh no. So, so <laughs> as far as like forethought at that point, like <laughs> there literally was none. done. There was no forethought. Well, I mean, you got to think about it, right? You're like, I just got to make that first sale. I got to make that first sale. You're not, I mean, I'm calling like, like 20, 30 people a day. But like can't even like do the merchandise at all. Like, well, and then it's like, incredible. all right, I need, they told me, okay, I need a thousand, I need a thousand pounds of shrimp. Right. And right. like their, my cost was maybe six or $7 a pound. And I was like, well, That's I can't, I can't get lot. net 30 terms. Yeah. I'm like I got to pay this up front. I'm like, and they're going to be on like net 60. So then the math just didn't work out. Right, right. So then but, it just turned but, but into a But the math was, was done after the truck was purchased. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As it should be. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I like the confidence though. Because see, I think that is the thing. So I will say this. Like that is the thing as an, as an entrepreneur myself that mm. I think I, I've encountered a lot of people that just, they cannot understand the concepts that I'm talking about because like they haven't been an entrepreneur. And so you got to like, believe it's going to work. You have to. And, and it, is, it is a lot of stepping out in faith and, and believing in yourself and in your ideas. And, and you know, like I, I have encountered people where if, if it's not the stability of a nine to five, like they just, 
they literally can't, they can't deal with the stress and the pressure. And so I think as an entrepreneur, you have to have that almost like completely unhinged, half insane, like faith and just belief in yourself and in your ideas, because sometimes it does make sense, but sometimes you just got to try something. Yeah. You, you have to have that. Preferably you do the math. <laughs> you do your due diligence. Yeah, is what I've learned. Right, you, right. you look into the situation, what you want to go into and you figure out the best way to accomplish it. Yeah. You know, we're all, we're not all like Sam Willard with Harper's <laughs> No. who is just, you know, I want stability. I'm going to start my own business. What a, what a legend <laughs> that guy. We've had a lot of legends. Yeah. On this we show. have had Jordy last bro. Just incredible. Incredible. Yep. Yeah, so then it turned into a lifestyle brand because okay. I knew I needed to raise revenue. Okay. I had to earn revenue to buy that seafood. So then I started selling merchandise. So On came, Amazon, right? Or, or, I, I, or, or, I got to you Amazon. Were, okay, Amazon say, was the first. I feel like that was like a huge... Like you explained to me like the process of, of getting on Amazon. It was it's, like it's insane. Tough. It's you have to have your own UPC codes. Oh my you goodness. You have to register every SKU. You have to have pictures of the white backdrop of different shirts, different sizes, different designs. And with me, I had three different designs, but like... 10 different colors. So I'm talking 30 different SKUs just on that. But then you have to add oh in, I've got goodness. six different sizes. So now I'm looking at 180 different SKUs just trying to sell shirts. That's insane. And, and then I think you said you also had to have like a, a, like thousands and thousands of units so that they could have them at the different you, warehouses if or you something? Did, if you did uh, the Amazon fulfillment service. Okay. Okay. So then you would have to have thousands of units sent to their different services so they could ship out and do next day, do their prime, still right. fall under their same right. category. So, so, so what kind of ended up happening with that? Because I, I know you were doing it for a decent little while, it seemed like. I did it, it kind of phased out. two years. Okay, I was about to say, I thought you did it for a while. I did while. it for two years, and I... Um, Success or kind of... It depends on who you ask. <laughs> um, well, I'm asking the guy who was doing it. <laughs> so the, I thought it was a success, but I, I drug my uh, girlfriend at the time to all these trade shows. I, I, I'm getting a very like, ugh, face from the, the now wife. Right, the, yeah. the, the, the now wife, you know. So she stuck her out. Clearly I didn't drive her away. Right, right. So I would drag her out to these trade shows. <laughs> but she hates you now. But no. she, hate, she, yeah, she, right, she hates right. me. She just hates you. And so like we would, to, it was a great bonding experience though. So we would go to trade shows and I told her, I said, look, the first, show, the first show, I've got 60 shirts. I said, if we sell, you know, 10, I'll be happy. She was like, babe, I'm gonna be real with you. If we sell five, I'll be happy. <laughs> I was like, love the support so, and the enthusiasm. So, 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 so I'm sensing the dreamer and the realist. <laughs> oh, she definitely brings me down to level head. Charlotte okay. definitely. She, she, I, I come in with a, with an idea like in cloud nine and she's like, mm, no. And that's another thing that I think is, as I have learned with my business partner, my older sister, extremely important because I'm very much the like, everything is a movie and she's like, this is a two minute video for a client. Right. So right. it's too cinematic, Cody. I literally was told that by a client this week. Literally, it was too cinematic. Change it. Exactly. It's an actual literal direct quote. Yeah. So, 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 so she helped yeah. me with, with, with the merchandise side of things. And then it's, so the first, the first, um, first trade show, I believe we sold like 16 or 20 shirts, okay. like whatever it was, like we doubled my expectations. So you impressed her by like threefold. Like, oh, yeah. Of her expectations, easily. yes. Easily. And so then I'm like, hey, let's start adding more products. And then she was like, let's slow down. And I said, no, 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 more products. So then we started selling different <laughs> colors, different designs. And then I said, hey, dad, I want to make an LSU cutout. I mean, a Louisiana cutout of wood and start selling that. And so like 
he had a template he showed me how to do it all like cut all this stuff out so we spent like hours and hours producing these little louisianas that he because he's an engineer right so he right. was able to scale it down and design something smaller for me and then scale it up to design like a big three foot louise wooden louisiana incredible and so then i would start going like to home depot and buying this wood coming back using oh my his, goodness using his tools like in the wee it hours like the, the most night. overly complex thing yes. to sell like ever yes. Yes. The, I'm, I'm imagining the profit margin just wasn't a thing. So it depends on what you look at. If you look okay. At, if you look at the right. profit margin of cost, it was great. But if you value my time, uh, like a, a penny, a penny, it's a terrible. Day, like a dollar a day. It's terrible. <laughs> just like, okay, well. All right, all right. So so needless to say, I think that, so I feel like there were some just, I think you lacked experience at that point. You were you you were reaching out. You were striking blindly and trying things. Definitely striking. It blindly. sounds like there was a little bit more like not hitting than like making contact with the ball. There's <laughs> a lot of swing and miss. Fair to say, there's right. a swing and a miss. <laughs> right, right. Many a time. But but I feel like you took away a ton from that though. Right. I love swinging the bat, man. Right. I love swinging. He's, he's the out bat. there swinging. No one's even pitching to him. That's he's <laughs> he's out there swinging all day. The boy's gonna be an absolute Babe Ruth of a guy. Right. Like, now pitch a ball in front of me and I might not <laughs> right. hit it. Like he doesn't even know a ball's involved in the game. He's just yes. swinging. Yeah, that that was that's a that's, that's an awesome accurate, though, but, that's but an accurate depiction I, it, of like I from like, eleven till yeah. like twenty. It's been in you though since the beginning. Oh yeah. And I will say like similar for me. Like I've always been doing something. I've always been obsessed with something. And so like when it came time for me to figure out what I wanted to do, like entrepreneurship, that was that was easy. You know, yeah. like it was easy for me to make that choice because I was already thinking like that. And I, I feel like it's one of those things, you know, like it's, it's almost like you, you feel this calling to like to, to go and do it, you know, like it, it has to be more than like, oh, this is a cool thing I could do because the hours are brutal. Like it is there's no roadmap. Everyone does it differently. And most of your friends and usually a lot of your family is like, you're an idiot. Like basically, I mean, seriously, like it's unfortunate, but true, because there's a very like structured way that the American dream, I think, is laid out before most people. And it usually doesn't include risk everything and buy a shrimp truck, right? No, it does not include it, that. It for doesn't. Sure. And so, like, I think that's cool though because like it's been in you, and I think that's really important, you know, because it's not for everyone. It's really right. not. It's it's not for everyone. But the the best thing is that if you surround yourself with a group of people, family and friends that can be supportive in those times, that's what really is able to make an impact on you as a person awesome. and on your business. So true. Because if you have that support system of, you know, like my, whenever I would say, hey, dad, I've got this crazy idea. He never was like, well, you really want to think about that stuff? He was yeah. like, sure. Let's what do can it. I, what can I do to help? And that's so important. And I was like, awesome. It like, must be a great idea. You wouldn't have done it if everyone in your oh, yeah. family was like, Patrick, like literally this is a horrible idea. You shouldn't try anything. Yeah. Right. I, I don't. I don't honestly know because I haven't experienced that. Sure. But, you know, it's awesome, I, I, had, I had the wife kind of scale me down and stop me from doing some crazy things. Right. Right. But, you know, it was still like, look, that's great. Let's think about it a little bit more. You yeah. Know, then it started yeah. to becoming to refine the ideas, refine the concepts to make sure that they're going to work before that's we great. execute. That's great. That's awesome. OK, so 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 we went through the shrimp truck that morphed into a lifestyle brand. And then after that, obviously, like you went to school at LSU, you became. Uh, no, I did that while I was in school. Oh, okay. So I did the, I did the seafood oh. and, and lifestyle while I was in school. Even better, even better. Okay, so, so so in school, you're doing all these crazy things. Some of some 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 of them with absolutely uh, apparently no forethought at all, and your 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 girlfriend now wife just desperately attempting to rein you in. 
So she was just making sure I didn't go too far <laughs> off the beaten path. Right, right. Like, like just proverbially hurling yourself over the cliff, as they say. Pretty much. So I think that's so cool, though, because now... Like you're running the Patty G show, obviously, which is super cool. And and obviously like you're still you're still a CPA by day, but then like you rip off your shirt and you have like the you know, right. the, the Patty G show logo like branded into your chest, I, I assume. Yeah, yeah. CPA is like, you know, that's, that's totally assume. secondary. <laughs> right. Totally right. Secondary. So so I think my next question <clears throat> is what kind of inspired you to do the Patty G show? Because it's you know, this is what's so interesting, is that businesses that are the only thing they do is like feature businesses, talk about businesses, like they're networking business. So it's literally businesses that exist because businesses exist. Like that's kind of the the sphere that you're in, which is a, a very unique sphere. I, I think it's, it for me, it's just a really interesting thing to think about because like it, it's almost, it, it's like machines making machines type of thing, you know, Pretty right? Much. Like it's like businesses making business. So what kind of inspired you to get into like, you know, when you decided to become Patty G, start the Patty G show, what was what was your frame of mind there? Because I've heard you talk about it some, but uh, you know, just go back to the very beginning. Like, what was the very first thing that you were like, ah, maybe maybe this could be the Patty G show? So I was at LSU, majoring in accounting, and then I got approached by the entrepreneurship department because I was taking a few classes, right? And they said, hey, we've got this paired degree program. Mm-hmm. Why don't you kind of check it out? And I was like, okay, that's fine. I wanted to do go to LSU for four years undergrad, get my master's, sit for the CPA exam because, you know, 150 credit hours. And they told me, Oof. if you do it, you get 150 credit hours and you get two degrees. And so I was all on board. I was like, that's fine. I'll be the first person to do it and let's rock and roll. And as I'm going through these entrepreneur classes, I'm meeting new people, like-minded individuals. Nice. And they kept telling me how they could not, you know, wait to get out of Baton Rouge. They couldn't wait to leave. So this was something you were just hearing all the time. Like, Baton I, was, Rouge, I was hearing just, it, but we like, got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. It's, right. not, it's not a tech hub. Right. It's not a business hub. There is nothing happening in Baton so Rouge. No it's a boring town. So it was no opportunities kind of like the main, yes. like, this is a place people get stuck in, not a, people, not a place that Correct. people come to. It's people, right? are, people are born here and they stay here. It's yeah. not people are born elsewhere and are right. excited to come and dr- bring their business sure. here. sure. And as I'm meeting with these people, we're pitching ideas. I mean, you're you're in you know LSU. You're at a university. You're right. throwing around ideas, especially in entrepreneurship. We're encouraged to right. throw around you're ideas. You're thinking all we're, the time. We're thinking about people different that business are, ideas, different they business think. That's concepts. What they do. And so I started doing some research into podcasting, social media marketing, and just branding, advertising, building awareness for a company and a brand. What makes that important? And I was like, okay, I want to you know, do a podcast. I think it's going to be huge. I think podcasting is going to be the next thing that is going to just change so, so, the way so people market. was this like two and a half-ish years ago? No, this was like four years. So this was four, three, okay. three to three. So and this half was years. conceived long before this was, it was became con- a thing. It was conceived a year before it became a thing. Interesting. So okay. it was It was initially, I spent my time in my, this, I'd learned due diligence by this yeah. point. And so I started researching, right. how does one make a podcast? You didn't go out and buy the shrimp truck no. and then realize that you literally physically could not purchase shrimp. No, I, I listened to a podcast called The Audacity a podcast and it would teach you how to podcast on his podcast bro that is that is a machine making a machine <laughs> making a machine that makes machines i mean that is just <laughs> but was, that is just unreal but it was very educational and it, and it showed me a way to make something that is a content generator for businesses in a way that they're not so doing. cool and so cool once i learned about that i started reading articles about the best tools to use the best platforms to use right and then I was like, okay, I want to do this. 
So, so was there, there like a moment in there during your research where you like you read one thing or saw one thing and you were like, okay, like I'm really connecting with this. Like, like what was kind of like the main driving, I guess, like spirit behind all of this? Because obviously, like you know, you have the, the just the baseline desire, like guys, don't leave Baton Rouge. Like this is a great place to be. Right. But also, like, was there something that you saw and you were like, that's really cool. Like people need to know about this, you know, or or or, or was it just kind of all of it together? So what what kind of kicked off the let's do a podcast bit was that the podcast itself lives on in perpetuity. And that is a Me- big word. Meaning <laughs> if I die, the show, their episodes are still out there. My kids it can has been come added back. To the zeitgeist it's, it's out there. My, yeah. my kids can come 20, 30 years down the line. If the platforms are still around and watch me as a 25-year-old. Which is so cool. And they can they can watch that and realize, oh, wow, either A, I hate my dad, he's a jerk, right. like, what is this? Or B, like, right. oh, cool, he's really neat, he's really neat So you just wanted guy. to be a time traveler, basically. Not really a time of- <laughs> traveler. I wanted to be able to capture something at a moment in time, post it at a moment in time, and then allow that to live on forever. So cool. And ultimately show businesses how they can do the same. So cool. How they can do that with their business. And I mean, looking back on some of my previous shows, I'm looking back at some of them and they're, you know, we brought on like Swamp Dragon. They're like just getting started when they came on the show. And now they're selling at 500 like, HEB locations across the country. Crazy. It's absolutely and it's, wild. It's, 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 an, it's phenomenal it to be able so to fast. look back at that. It happens so fast, but it's phenomenal to be able to look back at that and say, at that point in time, that's where we were, and then be able to then track how Amazing. you've grown since then. And so having that data stored and playable and on demand is a really powerful tool that once I realized, why don't I just start showcasing businesses? Right. You know, the world was then my oyster because Baton Rouge has thousands of businesses. Oh, so many. The show itself. It's the, really built the, on small businesses. It is. And with, with the concept of the show, with local entrepreneurs sharing local stories, the show can continue in yeah. perpetuity without me. So great. So, see, I think that's really interesting because it's not just that, hey, my show is about entrepreneurship. You should watch my show if you're an entrepreneur, you know, just to, like, see the guests. It's also, like, my show is an example of how to be an entrepreneur and literally the way that we are promoting and marketing and building the whole show is the way that you can use your business as well. So it, it's, it's almost like an example to other businesses. So it, it, it's like a two for one, a buy one, get one type of deal. It's really cool. Exactly. And it's, you, y'all, Flashbang has been with us since 2021. You've seen the and guests. loving it. <laughs> you, you have heard their answers to the questions of why do you love Baton Rouge? And when it comes down to it, people love this place because of the people. That, that is and hands down the most common answer. When you get down to that, detail of why Baton Rouge is so great you then start looking at all the businesses that are here because the people are here yeah and they're making great things you know we've got Barrett Blondo who sponsors uh, we the work show with him with, we, we with love Falaya. Barrett love Falaya this dude has made an, an a mobile application and a web-based app that changes the game of real estate that has really been the biggest shift since for sale by owner for individuals you can literally buy and sell a house literally from your phone on your couch that is a game changer like and what's even cooler is it's happening here in baton rouge it's amazing it's it's we have become a place where technology is interested in coming being created that seems like something straight out of like like silicon valley i mean that is like a game changing literally market defining idea and with everyone that i was speaking with at lsu the students and my fellow classmates they were always saying that that doesn't exist here 
And I was, you know, like you were just set like, on that fools. moment of like, yeah, no, it does exist yeah. here and I'll prove you wrong. So cool. And then it just started going off the rails at that point. Literally the first show was recorded. So it was just vengeance. Dude, it, was it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't vengeance. It wasn't vengeance. <laughs> it, was, it was more of to, to prove a point that Baton Rouge is a stellar city yeah. with amazing businesses. That's awesome. That is inviting to anyone to come do, to come do whatever they want here. So cool. And I think that's so important here because... You know, like, we're not a walking city. You know, like, we're trying. Like, Government Street's trying. We're trying, but like, it's very spread out, okay? Because, like, there's stuff all over the place. And so I think that, like, you know, if you just go downtown, like, you're like, well, there's, you know, like, maybe there's not a lot of businesses here or whatever, but like, they are. It's just because of the nature, you know, you always say it on the show a million times. It's, it, it's, what, what do you say? It, it, it's the biggest small town in America. It's the, it's right? the, it's the, uh, it's the biggest little, it's the smallest big town. The smallest big town. The smallest big town the you'll smallest, ever live in. The smallest big town you'll ever live in. And I think part of that is that like, there, there's not this place where you look at and there's just miles of skyscrapers where all the businesses are in one place. They're spread out. And so yeah. I think what you're doing is you're creating that, 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 uh, that skyline of all these businesses, you know, under the umbrella of your show. You're saying, here's one place where you can see everything because on, a, on, on your drive to work, you may not see all this. You may see one or two or three, but they're all here. You just have to know where to look, right? Yeah, they're like, everywhere. It's just, you know, we live in a, a city that is a forest, you know, like the visibility is not great. Look, mid, mid city, part of mid city is still agricultural land. Yeah. It's still classified as agriculture. Which is wild. I, mean, I, live, I live 30 seconds from a cow pasture that's like 100 acres. Wild. And I'm, I'm, it's wild. I'm, and I'm also right next to Whole Foods. It's wild. Like, it's just, we, we have that, that flexibility within this. It's within really city. cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I, I really love that. Um, so, so I think the next question, unless you had anything else to add there. Go for it, man. I think the next question that I have was, you have interviewed, so a hundred episodes, but I know a few of those have been multiple people. So you said, I think over 106, at least people. I think we're at 106 guests. Okay. Wow. In, individual like guests, not individual shit. Insane. I mean, that, that, that's a, a lot of people just to talk to in well, any way, shape or form. It, it, it is a lot of people and... You know, looking looking back on like the early days, like the very first episode, I can still visualize it was literally on my <laughs> kitchen table with my iPhone that I still have. By the way, um, we recorded it into voice memos. Incredible! It was me and Daniel. So as Ellender. far as quality, we're talking like top tier. Oh yeah, like it makes you look like nothing. You yeah, know? <laughs> like, like ESPN wants to be here. Right, like. right. So it's it's so it's, it's it's iPhone level quality, but the best thing was so. On the quality, I had lunch with somebody yesterday, and they were like, okay, so I was listening to some of your earlier episodes, and like, it was all really good, and like, your guest kept getting better. I was like, so did you notice a difference in the audio? No, we didn't. I was like, well, okay well, then. You're broken, <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> right. I'm like, it was an iPhone, and then it went to Amazon Gear, and then it went to produce a one-man one producer, now it's a four-man like, crew. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it was, looking back on them, initially they were my immediate Rolodex. Sure. So my immediate friends, my immediate connections. So and then it started a few to, little connections. Right. I had think I had yeah. like 30, I had 30 episodes I could film just from my, just from my guests. She's so cool. And it was like, I'm trying to prove myself. So I'm trying to get like, you know, people that bigger, bigger yeah. and, and better guests that people, that other people in the community will know. Right. Right. And then it just started where people started sending me emails and like, Hey, can we come on the show? Hey, so can we come on I, the show? When you got that first one, I'm sure, I'm sure it was just like, like, like you got, visibly three inches taller like when oh, the first sure. random person sure. was like hey i've heard of you i really want to be on your show i that had to be like a moment for you it was who it was, was it do you remember i don't actually remember who it was because i don't think like i'm thinking of like three different I mean, people it was in my a head, while ago and i'm like i don't know if it was like yeah nick, nick Deshira from grab it or right? if it was like latco comedy 
Like, I don't know if it was so that cool. early, but it was just when I got the email and I was like, okay, I don't know who you are. Right. Let me figure out who you it's are. so cool, See if though. you're a good fit. Uh, th- that is just so rewarding. Yeah. Well, Oh, oh good. No, I was going to say it, it. It is rewarding to see that what you what you've done and worked so hard yeah. on is that some people are seeing that and they notice it and they want to help and be a part of it. So they're it's reaching amazing. out saying, "Hey, what can I do to help? What can I do to make the show better?" If you're willing, I would love to be a guest. And all that work you've done up to that point, I feel like at that it, at that moment you just feel like, okay, it's working. You know, like this dream that I've had. I still like, don't think it's, it's working. It's happening. <laughs> but 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 these little steps, you know, because like, I, I think. You say it again. Another thing that you say it because like I listen to all your episodes like four times when I'm editing. So. You know, <laughs> Josiah. Josiah is doing that a lot now these days. A great editor. Um, but you always say, you know, the the fastest overnight success is ten years in the making. Yeah. And so you know, it, as entrepreneurs, we have to grab onto these little these little like like nuggets of candy that are flung at us every once in a while as we're on the way to you know the big Halloween basket that we're we're dreaming of, Dude, right? These small victories is what keeps you going. Yeah. Like having little victories, little victories. Like for me, it you have was- to enjoy them. Well, so I love, which I don't know where the, where the quote is or what the exact quote that I said that I phrased it perfectly was, basically I love process over profit. I love the process of going about building the business, building the connections, making right. the show what it is over, hey, how can I make money off of this? I, that's great. You know, it's more just like, let's build the show to what it can be. Let's build the guest line. Let's build what we can as a Baton Rouge community within the show to what it will and what I know it can be, as opposed to like, all right, I'm in this money, 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 right. money, right, right. Right, like I, I started the show, which, you know, it's a very expensive hobby. <laughs> yeah. And it was- A lot of time, a too. Lot of, a very much so a lot. And of as time. a CPA, you more than anyone know that time is money, literally. <laughs> yes, yes. And it was it was a balancing act of trying to figure out how can I build a show that takes a lot of time, work at a nine to five that is really not a nine to five, more like a six to six, right? And also, Classic. I've, I've, I've got I've got a spouse thrown in there, you know, right? I've got right. I've got I've got a wife, I've little also, side hustle yeah, of, of, like, a, of a wife. I've got a, I've got a wife, you know, I've got a family I've got to communicate with and you know stay in touch with. It's like there's the balancing act of business versus family is still one I'm figuring out. Sure, I, I still don't have that thing nailed down. It's it's really tough. It is it's it's a challenge because when you're when you're growing your business and you have that business mindset of I want to grow this thing to be as large as it can be. It's like you almost have blinders on, right? Well, well because there's always a hundred more things that can be done. And until you're there, which you're never there, you're you never always there. want to do those hundred more things, right? Mm-hmm. You'll just work yourself and you're like, oh, I've been sitting in this chair working on the show for you know 22 hours and I have to be at work in an hour and I haven't slept or showered. Literally, I mean, literally. It's, it's happened. <laughs> it has happened to me many times. <laughs> like water. It's very important. I've learned that. You, you, I've been told that by my sister. Yeah, you you need the water, and you, but more importantly, you need to find a certain balance level. Right. It's true. You you need a balance within your business, your family, and your personal life. That is, it's not taught. You just no. gotta figure it out. And when you have that that fire inside of you, it's it's like you're unhappy unless you're doing it. You know, like it's it's it takes. It's like no matter how many conversations people are like Patrick, you need a vacation. Patrick, you need a day off. It's like. But the business, but but this dream. But then it stops. It all stops. Right, right. That's awesome. Um, so so, I think one thing that I'm curious about, and I'm sure all of the the you know like your audience is curious about, is, I mean, at this point, you you are like 
in Star Wars when like Obi Wan Kenobi like can't find the planet and he goes to like the archive that has all the knowledge in the universe to find the planet, right? Like I feel like you're like that, but for bad and rich business, right? So <laughs> we're getting there. I, I feel like that's. I mean, I can't think of anyone in Baton Rouge that I would go to though and be like, this guy knows more about Baton Rouge. I mean, maybe like the like you know like the people that like work for the government that like help businesses grow, but like past that, bro. I mean, I'm gonna be hundred percent honest. I feel like you're pretty much it. So at least from what I know of, so like, what are some of the things that you have taken away? Because, you know, like there's definitely like some overlap with some of the guests, like a lot, you know, some of them learn the same lessons, but pretty much every one of them has three or four things. And I'm like, I've never heard anyone say that before. Yeah. So like from 106 people that you have sat down and had hour long conversations with, what are some of the things that you've taken away that have impacted you? Maybe change the way that you do the show, change the way that you think about business. Because I feel like that is very telling because you're the one who's creating and sifting through this information more than anybody. What the biggest thing I've taken away is any process you do, any business you start is not going to be easy. You're going to feel probably alone more times than not because you're the entrepreneur you're the one that everything's riding right. on so never love anything is well, that no not never <laughs> love kidding, anything kidding. but just understand and have an appreciation for the time that you spend again going back to those little victories right being able to see okay i spent six hours coding and making this one line work and someone clicked on it and it worked beautifully right that's a that's win great. that's a win right. and also starting you know opening up a new shop, having one customer come in in an in a eight to 10 hour span is a victory. And you got one person you, there. You got one person there. And my biggest thing is with the show, if it impacts one person, if it makes one person's life different in any way, shape or right. form, then the show's a victory. Right. The show's a success. It doesn't, I don't have to have, you know, a billion people listening to the show. Sure. Well, I'm sure, you know, Barrett would love me to have a billion people listening right. to the show. Having one person's impact Barrett's would be Barrett's all about those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> But having having impact on one person to me is the hugest That's and great. recognizing the victories of one. Right. That to me has been the most <clears throat> kind of overarching theme of the business owners that have come it's on. Beautiful. They're like when we got the first sale, when we got the first door, it's when we got the first huge. opening, it was huge. And so having an appreciation for that and taking the time to stop and recognize it and say, all right, we made one. Now let's get back to it and make a thousand. And the reason why I think that's so important is because you know what? It wasn't your boss that it was you that did that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that is what entrepreneurship is ultimately at the core of it. That's what it's about. It's like, I don't want to do this for someone else. I want to do something. You know, like like I want it to be, and it's not a selfish thing. It's just like I you it's know, a, it's a drive I'm a capable person. I have a desire to help people, to uplift people. And, and when I see something that I did, no one told me to do it. No one helped me do it. I went out, I did it. And it helped somebody. It changed their life. It changed their day. It, it made them, you know, maybe go out and pursue their dream and get away from that job that was absolutely sucking their soul away. I mean, that's huge, man. You yeah. can't put a value on that. It's, it's really impactful when you're able to have a business send you an email saying, hey, you know, I was working and just getting stuck in the mud and couldn't get past this one thing. I chatted with you, came on the show, and the next thing I know, I get an email from somebody wanting to place, you know, a significant order. And I was like, okay, you know, again, that one person. Has that happened? Yeah. That's awesome. So I've, I've, had, I've had a guest come on and then like a week later, I saw on their, their Facebook someone like drop a message to them and saying, hey, 
I saw you on the Patty G show. Never heard you before. That is wild. And I, and I ordered from you because I love your product. So I always wondered about that because obviously, like you know, we produce the show, but like I, I never see like how you're interacting with the people on the show. So I think that's so cool because yes. I mean, I, I was sure things like that, you know, were happening, obviously, but like they're, they're, they're happening, and I've I've come aware of more stuff happening behind the scenes, right? Of people seeing guests. And reaching out to those guests because of what they that heard on the show. So cool. And like I met with somebody the other day and they said, Yeah, I met right. I, I reached out to two of your guests because I love what they were doing and now we're doing business together. Right. And then you get and the I'm whole like, like I'm like, that's perfect. Like I don't need to have anything from me personally come off of that. So long as that interaction occurs, Baton Rouge is growing. Awesome. And man. success is coming into Baton Rouge. That's all that matters. It doesn't matter what comes back my way. It matters more importantly that people see the show, they see the guests, they want to do either business with them, they want to meet them, they want to chat. I can totally have no hand in the situation, but if they were a connection because of the show, I've won. That's beautiful. I absolutely love that. I think that's so cool. And I, I, I think, you know, there's so much of this mindset of like, you have an idea, you hide it, you know, like, like you don't show people or, or, you know, you're doing this business, everyone's your competition. But the reality is, man, there's so many resources, there's so many customers. And the more that we connect with people, share our ideas, share our knowledge and help everybody, you know, we all go up together, like you said, the, a rising tide, every ship's going up, That's you know, it. and in Louisiana, I will say the tides could be a little lower. <laughs> 100% honest. <laughs> but metaphorically, to a, two tropical storms and metaphorically, that's right we'll now. take them going up. Yeah. Right? Um, that's so, that's, the, that's the, great. The mentality I keep is if you build your community up, you will grow with that community. You know, if you're out there saying it's about me, 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 how can I succeed? How can I make a better business? How can I go about yep. and accomplish something? You're going to find yourself, you might find success. Yep. But being able to say, no, I spent hours working with my entire community yeah. and my whole community benefited from that, you will grow with them. It's not like they're going to grow and you're going to get left behind. Yeah. And if that happens, cool. Right. You know, they, they, they're they growing at a faster right. rate than you. Sure. Everyone's in a different place in their life at a different situation in their business. But growing a community as a whole will grow you inadvertently. And when that happens... That to me is the ultimate success. When everyone around you is growing and you inadvertently are also growing... You made it. It's a happier, healthier place. And I, I, I always say this, you know, like if you're all about you, then at the end of the day, that's all you get is you. And guess what? When you're in trouble you got and, you. and you don't have the resources and the ability to help you, guess what? You haven't sewn into anybody. So guess who's coming to help you? You, but you're bankrupt. You're, you're, you're going out of business. And guess what? You didn't connect with Barrett. You didn't connect with, you know, all these other great businesses around the area. And so you're, you're all alone. And that I will say it seems great until you get in that spot and you're like, oh, now I understand why I should have, you know, built this safety net and helped other people because they would help me. Yeah. Really? I mean, it's, truly. Anytime anyone asks me a, a question of like, oh, hey, I've got this problem. I've got this situation. I always reply with, okay, this is the person that can solve it. You know, and it's being able to help those people solve their problems, even if I don't even have a part right. in it, but directing them in a way with someone local more specifically, if they've come on the show and they're a past guest, excellent. If they're still not a guest, but I know them and they know they can solve the sure. problem, that's who I'm going to send them to. I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, call Joe Smith out in you know, New York and solve, hey, they'll no. solve your problem. It's like, no, Just who's somebody local right here in town. that can fix the problem? I can go look at them, you know, talk to them eye to eye, face to face. Exactly. It's great. So, so is there any other lessons you want to talk about before we kind of jump on to the next question or was that kind of the main thing? I think that's the main thing, man. We'll, move, we'll, keep, awesome. it, we'll keep it moving and grooving. That's great. Um, so I think 
the next question is, <laughs> all right. So going going back to the shrimp truck that you purchased before, You've, you are just, I, just I am, strong I'm just, on the I'm shrimp truck. I'm that you bought a shrimp truck. Okay, I didn't buy a shrimp truck. Let me be specific. I bought a pickup truck to <laughs> all haul right, all right. a to haul I'm a, sorry. A, a, a a freezer the, cooled the truck trailer for shrimp. Yes. All right. I'm mad to say though, you bought a truck for shrimp before doing literally any research on the just literal like how much did the shrimp cost, right? It, it wasn't the smartest so, move. I can promise so you that. You've learned a lot, I think, from there to the next business, to the next business, to the next business, to Patty G, right? But obviously, like even with Patty G, I mean, I work in media and it is a very complex, very multifaceted. It like the moment you think you grasp, it's like oh, it's completely different now, right? Like, literally, I mean, yeah, it, it, cha- it, it changes overnight. Constantly changing. Like the moment you think you got Facebook hacked, like TikTok, you know, comes and then they're like, oh, TikTok's gone now. Instagram and then Instagram's here and then some other random thing is here. I mean, it, it is wild. It's the wild west, right? Media, you have to be every single day. It's it's a new day and you got to be with it, right? So I'm sure going into it, like, I mean, you don't strike me as someone who necessarily would just be like all about the Instagram just as a person, right? So, so I, I think I make like one or two or three a post a year right, on my personal Exactly. Page. But now like it's what you do like for a living basically, right? So, so if you could do it all again with the knowledge that you have right now on this, the 100th episode, what would you change? Would you change anything or were you just completely perfect from the beginning? I mean, I wasn't perfect, but it made the right. show what it is. Right. What I would maybe focus more on is doubling down on the video <clears throat> format earlier. Okay. Getting video as a tool for the show a lot earlier. And than why I is did. that? Because of the power that video has. I mean, y- y'all know because y'all do the back sure. end of the work. Sure. You got the long form. This show will be 50 something minutes, an yeah. hour long, however long it is. And it's video. So people will receive this on seven different audio platforms, including radio. Then they Wild. can then they can come and watch it on three different platform, no, on one different platform, long form, which is YouTube. And then you go on to different other social social media platforms that they're going to see snippets of this that will then further drive the traffic back to the original long form or the main website, whichever the business's goal is. For mine, it's back to the website to then get back to the platform to listen to the show. So if they're there, you're there. If you're on a social platform, I'm there. Patrick is. I mean, just I'm like on Tumblr, whispering man. In your ear. I'm on Tumblr. That is just wild. That is just wild. Like somehow you're still on like Google Plus. It's like closed down, but you're you're there. No, MySpace is still pretty hot. <laughs> For the three people that created it, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, right? The, the, being the creators, we, we, but they're we, powerful. We they're yeah, connected. Right. Oh, sure, right, sure. Right. That's awesome. Okay, so 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 you would have so. So kind of what, what I'm hearing is that like you had these ideas, like I feel like you probably kind of intuited that earlier on, but you were like, no, it's just too big of a step. So it, it's too so big of a stepping stone. So you would have taken that step earlier. Yeah. I, Interesting. I would have taken it earlier. It was more still proof of concept right. for those early shows. So how would you translate that to like a business? Like what would you tell a business if they're, you know, kind of in a similar situation? Like, you know, we could do this, but like a little bit expensive. It might be a little bit tight, but like we could kind of see the potential. Like how would you advise businesses? Because obviously- that's a very generalized question. It, it's a but very generalized question, so I'll give you a very generalized answer. I love it. If you're going to calculate your risk from a monetary perspective and you know how much it's going to cost you, assume you lose all of that. If your business will still continue after you've lost that initial monetary investment, why not do it? Right. If you're saying, look, I've got X number of dollars to do this project that I think would be a success. Right. Now, if it I spend, could bring your business if, if to it could, another it could level. bring it to another level. The 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 upside is you know unknown, 
But if it, the downside is I waste all this money, guess what? I'm still down. Thank you, Jay. Jay to Cody, owner of Government Taco. What here. a legend. So if, if, if your downside is you spent that money and you're not getting it back and you can afford to take that risk, go for it. Right. Because you don't know what that upside is. So worst case scenario, you're still in business, just a tiny bit poor, which you're already probably a little bit poor if you're a young entrepreneur, if we're being honest. Right. Best case scenario, you, you jump forward a year. I mean, it, you skip a year of like, of, of you don't do it. And then you get there and you're like, why didn't I do this a year why, ago? Why, why didn't I do this a year ago? I have asked why that question to my sister it's, so many times. Why didn't we do this a year ago? And if, if it comes to the point where you're now leveraging the business's assets to finance that right. additional section, again, consult your professionals. But if you've calculated the risk and you know what the worst case scenario is, right. and you can, you can stomach the worst, if you can stomach the worst case scenario, go for it. So you do suggest doing some, some basic math. Some basic math and some right. basic calculations of, of, all right, you know, for example, I was like, okay, if I take this basic, if I take this risk, what's the worst case scenario? I'm out some money. Will I, will my life still go on? Right. Will my family still be able to eat? Yes. Let's do Love it. Love it. Let's do it. And, and, and again, like I was saying, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you're pretty much in, in the first few years, I mean, you're pouring everything in the business. Like, like a, a paycheck is not a thing that you're worried about. Like if, if, the, if you're alive, you can survive you know, and then eventually you get to the paycheck, but it's really all about how do we maximize the business? Cause we're already, you know, basically don't have a lot right now. Cause we're it's already all the way to the thin, business. Yeah. So let's keep maximizing, keep maximizing and see if we can accelerate getting to that paycheck, getting to that next level. Right. hundred percent. If you go into starting a business because you think it will make a lot of money and that is your only driving factor, you're going to fail. You're going to get burned out. Yeah. Because when it doesn't make a lot of money right out the gate, a tech company has years of a shelf life yep. before it starts making money. Yep. A restaurant, like we're in Government Taco, could take a while to get off the ground. And if you start having slow days, you're going to get burnt out so fast. Two years is usually the minimum before you even make a profit. And nine times out of ten, the business fails. Yeah. Like, those yeah. are the stats you're working and, and, with. And guess what? When you get to that year and a half point where you haven't been paid in a year and a half, and you're, you're working 18 hours a day, and you're looking at that next two-week stretch where you're like, I know that to meet these deadlines, I'm not going to be able to take a day off. It's going to be 16 hours a day. If you're in it for the money, you're, you're closing shop. You're done. You're, you're done. You're done. And you're going you're gonna to fail as an entrepreneur. It's going to scare you away from going after what yeah. could be the next greatest idea. Find that passion and the money will follow. Don't find the money. Dude. Find the passion and then the money will follow. Passion over profit, man. Yeah. That's why I say it. <laughs> passion and then profit. Then profit. That's what I yeah, think. Yeah. Passion if you're, if you're passionate, profit. you put more time into it than anyone else in your sphere. You become the best at it. So even if it's not something that everyone makes money at, guess what? The best always makes money. That's, in, that's in, the way I in, see in, it. In the end, they Truly. get there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's being able to not work for the weekend as an entrepreneur. Love it. When, when, you, when you wake up on a Monday morning like, oh, I got to go to work. You know, you're going to work that nine to five and you're going to go home and you're going to wait for Friday and then you're going to celebrate. As an entrepreneur, you should be waking up every day knowing it's going to be tough, knowing it's going to be a struggle, but celebrating every day you have the ability to work on your own business. Now you're an entrepreneur. It's awesome because you're investing in yourself. You're investing in your own dreams, your own future. Yeah. And, and ultimately, with any nine to five, and there are some great nine to fives, oh, like absolutely. nothing against a nine to five. I think a nine to five is great. Like as an entrepreneur, I need people that work a nine to five to work for me, <laughs> right? So like, I love a nine to five, but at the end of the end of the day, it's always really for someone else's benefit, right? Like for your sum, but really ultimately 
the, like the person with the best cards in their hand is the person you're working for, right? So when you work for yourself, though, you're investing in yourself. You're investing in your own hand. Yeah. And that is a really powerful thing. It's awesome. 100%, man. So do we have time for one more question? I think we've got time for one more, yeah. For one more. Okay. So the last question, and this is what I'm really curious about because I, I, I hear whispers. I swear, if you ask me what the favorite episode of the show is, I'm going to throw you across the room. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask that. I won't ask that. But I will ask, what is next for the Patty G Show? Because here's the thing. I think that seeing where you've come from, the shrimp truck, the truck for shrimp. Where truck are you for going shrimp. back? I, I, I'm going to mention that like shrimp. seven more times in the last two minutes. The truck for shrimp, all the way to the Patty G Show, where it was on your phone. Like literally your phone that you still have. So like it's an old phone. It's an iPhone 8, yes. It's, right. Mine's a 6, I think. So. Dang, beat me. All right. Um, <laughs> so, so going from that to where you are now, which... I mean, now bro, you have sponsors, like you have your sponsors, like here in this room, like they support you. They believe in you. Like I'm starting to hear from people that you don't even know. Like I've had a conversation with you where like someone was like, oh, I love the page. You so that they live in Lafayette. You don't even know this person. I don't know that person. You literally don't even know this person. <laughs> so like you're starting to get reach. You're starting, people are literally paying you to advertise on your show, which is, I mean, bro, that's like. Border, I mean, that's crazy. Like, that's so cool. Stop right? underselling. We're in their right? establishment, Cody. We're, <laughs> we're right here. But, but, but again, like, like, I just think, like, as a person, like, the fact that someone would pay you money to advertise on your show, I mean, that is just so cool, right? So you've learned a lot over that time, but I think the possibility for growth, huge. So what's next for the Paggy Show? I want to hear the hopes, the dreams. Give us, like, like the inside scoop on, like, what is next for the Patty G show? Because that's what I'm really interested in. So what is next in the short term is continuing to find small businesses that are unique in the area and bring them on the show. But we're going to start doing a lot more site visits. So okay. that's in the immediate future is more site visits, going out to different places. We're going to a Struma Brewery. We're going to LSU Business Center. So they can we're going, see the business. So they can see oh, the business. That's awesome. That's kind of the, the next the next idea is to mix up the visuals, right? Yeah. To go find their place of business, what they're doing, and be able to walk around throughout the set that of the show. That is so cool. And really show off what they're about. I mean, Government Taco, a beautiful place. Like, people love seeing these places because, like, I've never been here. I've heard of this place for two years. Literally haven't been here until came here with you. You're welcome. Yeah. So, I mean, the, long, the long-term goal is more of having, like, a Netflix show style. Nice. So, more of local businesses but broadcasted on a national network beautiful like able to give them that that national reach that global reach that's not just all right yeah you've got you know 60 percent 80 percent of oh, people in baton, baton rouge. rouge right you know baton rougeians listening about baton rougeians sure. that's great but getting the businesses on a national scale right. is even better well so many shows do that it's like hey like we're in you know xyz town here but these principles apply everywhere and we're showing Exactly. That are succeeding here so that you can succeed wherever you are. Exactly. And that's how you get that bigger market share. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get the bigger market share and you also give these smaller mom and pops the ability to have a platform and a place to, to sell their message and to sell what they're really about. I mean, y'all were there went to so Red Stick cool. Spice with Anne. Like, Amazing. Being able to cook in her kitchen was huge. One of my favorite episodes. So like just seeing her in her element. Absolutely. It, and the other thing is you get kind of that 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 home field advantage, right? Like you're in your you're in your space, like you feel like you're you. you know? well, and, and another thing with these businesses is when you've got we there's a setup here. 
you know, and this is this is probably half the setup that we normally have. Sure. You know, we normally have, you know, we've got two cameras and one light. Normally the show is like four lights and three cameras right. with, you know, Josiah walking around crazy in the background taking photos. So for a business owner who doesn't normally do this, it's intimidating. Oh, yeah. It's very intimidating to sit behind microphones, sit behind cameras and tell their and story. You're, you're in an alien space. You, they you, don't know where you, you yeah. feel like you're you're in a, you're in a test tube and there's like a scientist like looking at you and you're like, Mom, uh, I don't remember what I do. Exactly. You know, like and literally. So going to their place of business, going to their space and being able to showcase their business. That's kind of the next step is right. really going out there to their presence and saying, hey, we're at your space. You're comfortable. <laughs> We're going to bring in our gear and our equipment, right. but just know we're at your home turf and we're it. just having a conversation. Like that's really important is that it's still, we're just having a conversation. So it's like you're talking about the community, but you're in the community. I think that is so valuable to people because again, for me, it's like I may see someone talking about their business. I'm trying to visualize it, but it's like some of these guys like Harper's Haberdashery from the other, you know, two weeks ago or so is like really cool. But, and like, I'm imagining this like Willy Wonka-esque, like really cool, you know, like accessories, you know, yeah. like, like fashion accessories, place, but like seeing it. I mean, that is, it, it, it really is just a whole nother selling point, you know? And, and with the world of media being so easily accessible to literally everyone. Yep. There's no reason why we should not. No. Three there's seconds no, there's, on your phone, you can see a business. There, there's no reason why we should not show off these businesses. There's no reason why yeah. we should not bring on, you know, a mom and pop shop that's literally a mom and a dad right. running the business, but showing off what they've got going Love on. It. That's so cool. Thank you. It's awesome. So, so, so is there anything else in the works that, that you're – your your loyal fans and audience might want to know about not that's disclosable oh so so we, so we have some some secret things but is it things that we can we can be get excited sure that get we excited. can be excited about get excited awesome awesome that is great well i think that is all the questions that i have for you um it, it was such it's so cool to be on this side of the camera because usually i'm on that side of the camera and i'm filming and i'm eagerly listening to I mean, some of the people that you've had on, I'm just in awe of just such inspiring stories. That's you know, Baton I mean, Rouge, man. I, I am like, I think, fifth generation business owner. Really? And yeah. So my my great grandfather started the first Terminix uh, franchise in Louisiana. Um, my and, and then my grandfather owned it. My dad runs a tree service. And then I think my great great grandfather did something as well. Ran a farm or something. There you go. So it, it, it is like in it is in my blood you know so like i love hearing all these people and being here but I, I, i'm gonna be honest i really love being on this side of the camera like it's kind of why i got into the whole like being behind the camera was so i could put myself in front of the camera it's so, a fun time yeah so thank you for giving uh me and with flashbang productions this opportunity um i really appreciate it um so if there's any closing thoughts that you have you know i think spit them now but past that this has been a great show man i really love just connecting with my friend and uh, absolutely you know the guy who pays us money to produce his incredible <laughs> show uh, it's, it's been really great and also just seeing government taco i, I am definitely going to be coming here quite a lot so dude it's yeah it's it's been a blast cody and i've had a lot of fun for for those that you know are listening thinking they're on the fence about doing a business and they're on a fence about starting a company right. the, run the, no I'm kidding. The, the biggest well no run <laughs> but also understand that it's not going to happen overnight. Yep. Now, there are there uni those unicorns that are going to happen right. overnight. And literally, they'll post one product and then the next day yep. it'll blow up. But That's going to happen. Do it because you love it. Do it because you love it, but also understand that the norm is years and years of hard work and just determination of not quitting. You know, never quit on what your dreams yep. are and never 
Stop doing what you love. Love that. And guess what? If you're miserable at your job right now, you're nine to five, could running a business be more miserable? If anything, the same amount of misery, but eventually... <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, HR well, is a headache. But, HR is okay, a headache. But hear me out. Same amount of misery, but eventually more fulfilling. It, it, it's like working out, right? Like, like you feel the pain, but ultimately like in the end, you look better. You feel better, right? Like your quality of life is better. Same thing. If you are dying, you know, your, your nine to five is sucking your soul out. Go ahead and run your business, you know? You might be the same amount of miserable, but eventually you could be absolutely crushing it. What just so do exciting. Just do it as your start as a side gig if you're yeah. still if you're there still, you if you're still nervous. You Don't I mean, you know I'm not <laughs> right. The, the Patty, shrimp truck. Pat buy the shrimp truck right now. No math, buy the shrimp truck. Patty G is not advising that. <laughs> um, but I did do it. I did do it. <laughs> and that's why I'm not advising it. <laughs> But, but no, seriously, like if you've got a business idea that you're wanting to do, that you've just been hunkering down and researching, at least start it on the side. But understand you're going to give up some of what you experience now right. to accomplish that. If you are a gamer or you're an outdoorsman and you love fishing and you love being behind a computer playing games or whatever it is, you're going to have to give up some of that time in order to make your dream a reality. You're going to have oh, yeah. to, you know not go and spend hours watching Netflix. Right. Unless you're producing a show about podcasting and you talk about the shows that you're watching. Right, right. There's a million different paths you can go, but ultimately right. understand you're gonna have to give up some immediate pleasures for a little discomfort, but in the long run, if you stick to it and it's truly something you're passionate about, you're never gonna be happier. Yep. So fulfilling. And, and just, I think the potential for fulfillment as an entrepreneur, like you work harder, but at the end of the day, at the end of my life, I don't think I'm going to say, I wish I would have been lazier and been less fulfilled. I mean, literally. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, really. Yeah. I mean, no, I, no one wishes they would have been maybe lazier. Maybe I'll say that. If I say that, like, please just, like, pull up this video and be like, you fool. But, like, I can't imagine me saying that. Like, I think I'm going to say, I'm so glad I put the work in. Yeah. I accomplished, you know, like, yes, I could have worked at this store for, you know, 20 years and got a retirement. But, like, I worked at my business. And, and I built this cool empire. And I have people working for me and I'm making movies or whatever you're doing, you know? Yeah. It, 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 there's nothing beats that. Absolutely, man. I love it. Well, Cody, dude, thank you so very much for, for yeah. co-hosting it. Dude. I appreciate it. Um, for those listening, I appreciate y'all. We've made it to 100 Woo. and we're, uh, we're not slowing down. So thank you to Falaya Real Estate, Barrett in the house, making this possible and Government Taco for hosting us tonight. The two lovely sponsors of the show. Thank y'all so very much. I'm Patty G. I'll be hosting next week back with a new guest, and I'll be asking the questions once again. So thank you all so very much. It's been a pleasure. Y'all have a good night. Good night.